about the time that the marriage thing came into being, uh, the civil slash religious. The the getting a a uh, a permission slip a permission from slip the government. From the government. Yes. About the same time, within a hundred years, we started using a thing that's called money, uh, which is got the stamp of Caesar on it. I mean, uh, it, it's got some pyramid eye thing in the back and all that kind of stuff. Totally, totally secular. Um, and uh, we use it without even thinking, for good and bad. But it says in God we trust. <laughs> <laughs> and some don't. All right, yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, I got a, a new movement, but go ahead. So the comment that I had that I didn't get a chance to share before we took the break was if if I understand your position, you're saying that we should vote no for this because marriage is a religious uh, institution and by allowing a secular government to define a religious institution that's going down the slippery slope we don't want to go down. Further than we already have by allowing them to do it in the first place. Okay. So I guess my, the, I guess the issue that I have with that is, it seems to me that every law on the books is religious in some form or fashion. But because because law by definition is legislated morality, and morality by definition is, is somebody's religious belief. There's no question. So, I, I am not saying that. It's it's a problem because it's religious. I, I, I'm just saying that there's there are some things that civil government need not be involved in, but, although many things they do. But but I guess my point though is where do you draw that line? Because uh, if you abstain or vote against this, if you believe that marriage morally should be between one man and one woman, yes, okay then if you either abstain or vote against that, then what you're saying is, I'm not willing for my morality to be legislated. I'm going to let somebody else's morality to be legislated because somebody's morality will ultimately determine what, what marriage is. Different issue. And I would rather it be different, different issue. my morality. And I agree with you. But that's oh, not so the point. You're going to vote. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Yes, I. Truth be told, I, I do think that you should vote for the marriage amendment to define it appropriately. But my point is still a, I think, a point that should be addressed. The more that we allow the government to continue in the affairs in which they should not be involved the worse off we are. And we will find ourselves trying to go down and fighting with those who are against us religiously. And if we allow this vote to go through, what's going to happen is sooner or later, because we will now have a definition that we currently don't have, it's assumed, and if we have a written definition, that means that a majority can change the definition. Actually, super. Three out of five in the uh, in the state and the house, and then a, a vote of the public. No question. Do you, see, so you see where I'm going? I see where you're going, but your presupposition is 
uh, is that government and faith shouldn't be mixed. I'm not saying they shouldn't be mixed. I'm saying that there should be a well-defined line, and we went over it a long time ago, which is the second hour. So let's talk about that. Hang on, guys. We'll get to it. Um, Rick and I were, were actually teeing up this hour. I have two points to make. One is on social engineering. First, um, in, in, in a perfect world, if we're in the diaspora and we have to create a government, a civil government, uh, we would want, as, as men of faith, for it to be as biblically based as possible, and we would want to limit it as much as possible, so that it would only be involved in the affairs of men such that it does wield a sword for the good of the populace, that it provides for the good of the populace, and it does not overshadow... Enslave them. And, and enslave them, yeah. So, I mean, and I think that's where we're going. So, we actually had that type of government, not in its purest sense, but pretty close, in this country... And it was a government designed, I mean, if you ever wonder where we get three branches of government, you need to spend more time with David Barton. Uh, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing, but the three branches of government actually comes from the Bible. We've got a biblically-based government in, in the most soundest form that you could find anywhere on the planet. Our government has been around for over 200 years, and that is the longest of any free nation anywhere on the planet, and in fact, it's the longest of any nation anywhere on the planet. Why? Because we still had a good beginning. What's the problem? Well, our second president and one of our founding fathers said that our government is wholly inadequate, wholly inadequate. I'm going to speak slowly because you're not raised in the same year and time as the people that put together our founding documents. Our government is wholly inadequate for a non-Christian people. Holy. Entirely inadequate for a non-Christian people. John Adams spoke just that slow. That's exactly right. And it was, in fact, John Adams who said that. So, so that was the the... The, the understanding at the beginning that if you were a good, quote-unquote, Christian man, you'd be in politics. Because you needed to affect change in men's lives by causing them to see God's law in their everyday lives. But it is also our founding fathers who said, there's no set of laws that can change a man. He needs to be changed from within and desire to keep the laws. He needs to have a changed heart. So there was never a point in our government and in our, in our country's history where we engaged in social engineering. We assumed that everybody here wanted and desired to live according to laws that were based on biblical principles, because that was their desire. Unfortunately, as the days have gone by, our government now is made up of many, not nearly all, but many non-believers. That's not equivalent to liberals. It's just saying that there are many non-believers. And therefore, these biblical principles become something to chafe at. 
And when these folks take over more of a majority, we begin to then see social engineering. Here's an example. You'll give me some. It's really a shame if we waste water. Therefore, we want people to save and preserve the water. So, we will incent them to do so and give tax credits and so forth and affect their finances if they save water. This was insufficient. Then came the laws to affect social engineering. Since affecting your pocketbook will not change your life, we will make it a law that you cannot buy a toilet in your country that uses more than a gallon and a half every time you flush the lever. That's why I flush three times. That's right. That's social engineering. The fact that God may have blessed you with enough money to pay for the higher rate of water consumption is irrelevant. The fact that our government will buy out, prop up certain industries and not others is social engineering. Now, we're not going to change that in this room. But I question, if we're engaging in social engineering as a country, how do we fix that? Because I don't really care how much water you use when you flush, but I do care about homosexuality. And the problem we have with homosexuality is that these guys know how to play the game. Oh, they are very, very good. Because they get together and they talk about it and they come up with ways to affect social engineering. And they can talk about different aspects of bullying and opinionation and preference and tolerance such that we appear to be very close-minded and bigoted and scared and so forth. So, with the ills of our country on the whiteboard tonight, you want to vote for a definition that says that marriage is one man and one woman. Okay, fine. But don't feel good about it. Don't feel like you've done something. Because you haven't. The only reason the amendment is out there is because they're winning. And we are losing. And it won't be but a few more years when you will not have the rights that the older men in this room have to raise our children the way we want, to teach them what we want, to choose not to send them to the public school systems if we don't want to do so. Gentlemen, I, I submit to you that within 10 years of tonight, mark it down on your calendar, it will be illegal for you to meet in this room with me, this many of us all at one time. Absolutely illegal. And we will, will we still meet? You bet we will. But we'll have to meet in the basement. We'll have the candlelight going. And it'll be just like in the ghettos. It's a terrible thing. But it will happen. And we will let it happen. Why? 
Because when it comes to this stuff, we act like the lambs, not like the lions. The lions would stand up and say, define it? It shouldn't be even in it. Let's put a marriage amendment together that says you've got nothing to do with marriage. We define marriage, not the government. But we don't do that. We say, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we need to define that because otherwise these guys are, are going to get a leg up. They've got a leg up. Now, how do we stop the social engineering in our government? Or do we just say, you know what? Iceland is looking much better. Do you just walk away? Do you leave? Or do we all need to get into government now? Or do you just do the best you can to hold it at bay and live the best you can, a peaceable life, praying for those in authority over you that God would grant them wisdom, strike them dead if they do wrong, and so on, such that we can raise our children the way we want and just wait for Messiah to return. You, then you. Yes, sir. The other night, I had your brilliant son and Jeremy over at my house, and we discussed this very issue and talked about what could be done. And I think the plan, or the, the suggestion, was very good. It was basically the first thing that we do is exactly what we're doing now, which is affecting and influencing our families starting at the very smallest that we can, teaching our children and discipling others, others of our family, and then going out from there, affecting the very small town, local communities, and local governments, and hoping that our light, which we have a promise in the Bible that it will, shine brighter than the darkness that is out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so um, in the uh, in the 1700s, early 1800s, um, the evil of drink and carousing about was frowned upon to the point where the police department became unemployed because the people of our nation were so godly and concerned about godliness that the police had to get different jobs. Because they were no longer necessary. So you're, you're trying to promote a change like that that will promote godliness and have the government just leave us alone because we're all doing so well? You, you think that the social engineering will stop? Or you're trying to raise up godly men from within small communities? Exactly. Which it, the, the point of it being that it spreads... And it starts small. Every movement starts small. Absolutely. So it starts small, and then it just grows from there. And people who may have been ignorant about some of the issues of homosexuality and the Bible, as we discussed the other Tuesday mm-hmm. night, someone who was completely new to the faith and didn't know that it was in the Bible, mm-hmm. perhaps what we say and how we act will then show them the error of their ways, and then they will... And it's just a sort of a... a ripple, ripple in the pond. So... Um, a great man once said that we have a weak nation because we have weak families. We have weak families because we have weak men. So you would strengthen the men, maybe gather them together once a week and try and kick them in the fanny, maybe on a Tuesday night, and talk to them. And you think that's a good idea. Okay. just want to make sure I hear this right. Now, are you coming at this from a liberal perspective? Where are you from? Are you from California? (laughs) I'm just checking. I'm just checking. Okay. 
That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, we were talking about homosexuality here and how they know the system very well. And I just want to make sure I hear you right, what you may be suggesting. If I'm wrong, let me know. You can rely on that. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll that. Do you believe that it's possible that the homosexual community could be using this amendment as a part of their agenda to try and identify those who would be labeled homophobic? No. I think that the homosexual agenda is going to use this amendment and everyone like it to eventually, now that it's been defined, change the definition. Whereas they couldn't do that before because it wasn't defined. And now it is. No, 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 that's not true. Well, they would have to put it out. But I tell you what, if you put it out as a definition to say it's this, they could put it out and say it's something else. The problem is, my, my, my argument is that either way, you have another vote. The point of this amendment is to force another vote so that we don't have three judges out of five deciding it for us. I'm with you. I can understand the value. Tell me about how you're going to deal with the social engineering that's going on in our I'm government today. Kids, you're all in the military. There you go. <laughs> your, uh, your proposition was we have to get involved earlier. In other words, you, you drew the line and said if you if you need if you want to make things get more biblical, then why aren't you all involved in the government? And my my but I'm not promoting that. Wait, wait, let me, let me finish. Because I'm the guy who stood here a month ago but and our, said... But our Constitution says we the people as, as the first as the first okay. few words. And this, is, and this is, goes back to what Greg's point was. When we don't vote or we vote against something that even though it agrees with what we, what we believe, simply because we don't, want, we don't want the government involved, we're saying we don't want ourselves involved. I agree. We are the government. And Absolutely. so we actually, not only are we given the... And, and by the way, Greg's, Greg's point was true. Uh, to say that it's a matter of good citizenship, maybe not a biblical phrase, but he's right. It is our biblical duty. Absolutely. To and the reason why is because our, con- our, our social compact, our contract that we, that we have in this country, says we'll have no leaders other than ourselves. Exactly. Which means that we all bear the responsibility for the good and the bad. Without so question. If we, if we say the government can't be involved, they have no business doing this, then we're saying we have no business doing this. Or we should get them out of that business. No, it's not them, it's us. That's my point. And, and Greg's point is, is that by voting, what I do believe, I'm exercising my right to vote. I'm exercising my biblical responsibility to speak the truth. No question. And I'm not saying that there can't be government. I'm saying that there are things that the greater government, the federal government, the state government, should have no business dealing with. That's where I'm coming the from. The Constitution actually is not. We're, not talk, we're talking about an amendment to the state Constitution. Absolutely. But the federal Constitution says we the people, and every state adopted that model, which means that we are the government. I understand. So we're given a choice. We are giving ourselves a choice to define marriage. And if it happens that later on somebody says, we need to give ourselves a choice to redefine marriage, we'll have a choice again to speak. Absolutely. So in one of our great states out of the 49 or 50 that you want to recognize. <coughs> 57. 57, that's right. What, is that, I, I, think, I think he said 57. That's the number of Islamic yeah. states. Um, it, 
in one of our, our uh, great states, there was a vote put before the people that would have stopped 90% of the abortions in that state. In one day, the hammer would come down and 90% of the abortions in that state would have stopped. That vote failed to pass. Because? Because the Christians voted against it because it was only 90% and not 100%. So, is it wise? It's true. It's a southern state. Shame on you. Is it, is it wise to vote and spite your nose to cut off your face? Cut off your nose to spite your face. It's, exactly. Should you vote for the marriage amendment? I think you should vote for it. Am I concerned about the direction? Absolutely. We need to do something about our government doing, performing, participating in social engineering because we are their test subjects. And it's not our social stuff that they're engineering. It's theirs. And we need to do something about that. But I strongly believe that you all should not feel compelled to go into politics. Because I don't think that's what we're called to do. I believe that we should be raising godly families who affect the culture around them. Not necessarily affect the culture around us by coming up with great laws. Now, where that balance is, is for you to decide. I do think this entire um, raises a complication that we all face in life in general, particularly in, the, in a, a society that is secular. And that is oftentimes we are faced with the choice between two evils. Um, we are the Maccabees fighting the Greeks on Shabbat. More often than not, we're faced with a situation that there is no way to do all of the mitzvot at the same time. And I think that this discussion has raised the fact that we have to understand and know what we're talking about in a pretty full breadth to be able to choose rightly between these unfortunate situations. Because, ironically enough, the Maccabee debate was one where the people who said you should keep Shabbat had very good reasons for saying that. And the Maccabees who decided not to, had very good reasons not to. At the end of the day, the one that won was the one that chose life. So for us, I think it, 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 it behooves us to study, to discuss, and debate, and seek counsel, because at the end of the day, we're going to have to continuously be making these choices, not between um, right and wrong necessarily, but between what is the best situation in a worst-case world. I would say that... Exactly right. And as you get older, you'll realize that it's not just where we are now. It's always. God wants it that way. The Torah has, has gray areas for a reason. God wants us to struggle to weigh the one over the other. Amen. And it's always the good, the better, and the best, even amongst poor choices. Yes, sir. I got you. Even, even the Talmud says that one of the highest 
commitment to vote and something that will carry over, one of the precepts that will carry over in the world to come is escorting the dead, which of course you're contaminating yourself by doing that, mm -hmm. but which is bad. You shouldn't do that because then you would have to potentially delay Passover and all sorts of ramifications, but it's saying that this is the greater of the two in that case. So, But what I was going to mention about the whole social engineering thing is I kind of see it as a balance of good versus evil. And you have a small, at one point you had a small group of evil that existed in this country and a large group of good. And everyone in the middle is basically the sheep that just follows which is more prevalent. And before good was a lot more prevalent. And so the, the scales were sort of up that way. And now it has, because of the, I think a lot of the entertainment industry has done this, but now evil has become the, the more popular, and good is quickly descending and being silenced. And you still have this large group of people that are the ones being engineered. So the, the, what, what, going back to what you were talking about about the men, that is our responsibility to begin being louder and begin being more more popular or, you know, more... Would you agree that... that, that we should be loud and proud. <laughs> so do you, do you think that we should be more confident? Yes. I, I'm sorry? Someone should come out of our political closet. I, I, I think that's... I'd, I, I, the reason that that's happened is because of spreads things so fast sure. that it's easy to spread the evil a lot quicker. So our, I mean, we got to start spreading it at a pretty rapid rate to, to get the balance to go back up. Social media, Facebook, baby. <laughs> I, I, I would submit that a confident man, confident in what he believes, who can clearly articulate a scriptural position, is the death knell to social engineering and everything out there. I really firmly believe that. I believe that with all my heart, to the point where, no matter how tired I am, no matter what kind of day it's been, I look forward to everybody coming here Tuesday night so I can just rile you up and get you to defend what you believe so that you can do it with confidence. Because that's the key. That's what will change this nation. It'll change a generation. I think you were next and then you. Uh, to Joshua's earlier point, it's... And choosing the, the lesser of the evils and everything and not being able to per perform all of said mitzvot, I, I don't think the, the Babylonian rulers were letting the Jews out three times a year to get back to Jerusalem for the pilgrimage festivals during their captivity. And there was a lot of things I'm sure that they were not allowed to do. Um, yes, we can affect uh, through that the confident man bringing up confident families and being that salt and light. Um, and, there are, and there are times where we do the best we can, given our circumstances. And God will know our heart. And sometimes it's, it's not about... I, I'm a firm believer just seeing biblically uh, just the history of God's people, that sometimes it's not always about getting what you want. It, it is about that endurance. It is, about it, it is about endurance, Johnny, but I want to make sure that you understand that I don't believe I need to be concerned about God knowing my heart. I need Him to know your mouth, sure. not your heart. Sure. 
You got to talk. You got to stand up and be counted. You don't need to worry about God knowing your heart. Because God's going to know by your actions. Because those are the deeds by which He will judge you. Not by the intent of your mouth or the intent of your heart or any of that stuff. Stand up, be counted. And of course, I'm talking, I'm preaching to the choir with you. Yes? So, so what you're saying is essentially paraphrasing much longer form this week's per vote about in a place where there are no leaders strive to be. There it is. Amen. Amen. I couldn't have said it better. That's exactly what it is. The next week's you're not supposed to read it yet. Is he reading ahead? Well, well, he memorized it. He memorized it last year, so that's why he knows what's next. Distance yourself from the government. Never trust the government. That wasn't that last week? Yeah. Never trust the government. Is there a blessing for the Tsar? Yes. We are away from us. All right. Final, final comments. Uh, closing points. Um, I, praise God. I, I, I do think that we should be involved. Uh, I do think you should vote, um, even though I wish the amendment weren't there, even though I think it's a, it's a death knell, and in 10 years you'll look back and go, he was right. Nonetheless, um, I do think you should vote for this particular amendment in our state constitution to change so that um, we may distance ourselves from the West Coast before God smites it and causes it to <laughs> fall into the, <laughs> into the ocean. Um, uh, but to that, to that point, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut off the, the, the tape now. So for those of you uh, listening in Gastonia and parts West, um, this is more locally based.